to live righteously. It is time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It's an Articles of News episode. It's episode number 414. I'm joined today from the office. We'll explain what that means. It's Andrew Mayer and also Janae Manite, I think. Now, here's the deal. If it starts to go south, we're letting her go that quickly. But she has promised me she got new Wi-Fi in her house. Uh, Janae Manite, thank you so much for being here as well. New Wi-Fi, just for you. The ironic and hilarious part of that, Janae, is whatever you said before Wi-Fi came through garbly. (laughs) Yes, yes. We'll just cross our fingers. So in the in the event that uh, you, in fact, do have to cut and run because you're you are both uh, looking after children at your house and your Wi-Fi is like it's uh, broadcasting from the granite vault at the mouth of Little Cottonwood Canyon. Uh, <laughs> let's hit your stories first. I want to hear the, the story from your son at the doctor. But before I do that one, uh, the image for this episode is going to be the image that you posted on your Facebook page the other day from your cross country uh, in high school. So I'm going to, I have to know the story of that. Um, I, so yesterday was national running day. Mm-hmm. And if, for those who have listened to the cultural hall for a while, they know that running is a big part of my life. My dad was a professional runner and an Olympic I, professional runner. That's right. Uh, and so, you know, I literally ran the moment I could stand. Um, and you know, running's a big deal. So I posted a picture of my high school cross country team. Um, all of us girls from my senior year, I believe it's just a black and white picture, but it's black and white. I apparently, I didn't, I don't see myself as too, too different, but lots of, got lots of comments on Facebook of like, (laughs) what did you say? One of these things is not like the other. I stick out. So bad. Well, it's so funny. Uh, you went to school in Utah County, American Fork High School. Is that where it was? Longview High School is in Orem. Okay, yep. Orem High School. Yeah. Uh, so, no, no, uh, well, no, 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 Orem, but it's Mountain View High School. Oh, Mountain View High School. I'm sorry. Yes, Excuse sir. me. Your internet. About that. Your internet is giving you fits again. You're about to be cut from this thing, Janae. Just. You, you may have to invest in, uh, do you have the Google, the Google fiber in your neighborhood yet? No, we would love that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, to that point, uh, if you want to envision what a Utah County high school in the early 2000s, is that when that photo was from? Yeah. Yeah. What that photo would look like. You don't have to envision it. It's the, <laughs> it's the photo that is associated with this episode. It is classic. If you're not going to take the time, I'll just tell you, it is the whitest of white people. And you can tell who Janae is because she's the one who is not the whitest of white people. Uh, yeah, I I guess I do. I didn't think so really before. But now that everyone points it out, it I do stick out in that picture quite a bit. And probably I just pulled my- it up. It's very, very different. Special. <laughs> <laughs> As we all gingerly sort of talk around, you know, race and race relations right now. Certainly yeah, we want the, to be really careful. <laughs> yeah, the, the country certainly uh, on edge, and rightfully so. You know, I, I don't know yeah. how much within this episode that we'll get into all of that. I know we'll share the message um, from President Nelson within Articles of News and maybe some of the other things because it is topical, but I don't think that we'll dwell on that. That's not this place. If you've not yet listened to the episode that I had where I sat down with... Um, Joanna Brooks, where we talk about Mormonism and white supremacy. That's the name of her book. Uh, we talk for about an hour about um, race relations within the church and perhaps some things that we can do to make a better place for all of our brothers and sisters and and maybe some uh, some mistakes or missteps that we have taken uh, over the years since the restoration of the gospel. So I now think you timed that exactly. Couldn't it come out like last week? It was like you planned that or something. So it's actually, I mean, sort of a little behind the scenes. I knew that that book was coming for a while. Uh, Late one night when I was working on some other stuff, Joanna uh, Brooks sends me a message and is like, hey, I'm ready to do the interviews now. And knowing that she would be inundated just because she's Joanna Brooks, 
I said, I will take the next opportunity that you have to do an interview. And she said, okay, tomorrow, or it was the next day. It was shortly thereafter, did the interview. Uh, at that point, George Floyd had been murdered, but certainly all of the the um, the rioting and those things had not yet begun to take place. Uh, the officer hadn't been charged with murder at that point. It was just beginning to be a national discussion. And and that was when I was like, well, we will we have to do this immediately uh, and, and be able to get that published. Originally scheduled for that week was the one that we did this last Friday, which is Richard Turley, Rick Turley, the assistant historian of the church. Another great episode. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single moment. Um, there are sometimes stories that interweave between each of the episodes and certainly those standalones as well. Now, if you are no stranger to the cultural hall, you'll know that Janae tells stories and further that her stories are forever long. So Janae, if we get nothing else from you today, I would love to know the story of your son at the doctor. Oh boy. Okay. I just took all three of my children to the doctor because my oldest just had his birthday. And previously to this, I had been in a week ago because of my uh, little 18 month old had her checkup. And so at the last checkup, I found out that my, my doctor or their pediatrician just kind of threw out randomly, not randomly, but, um, she said that she had had to travel back home to Wisconsin because her father passed away in an accident. And then she continued to talk about what the specific, why, why she brought that up the specific topic. And so I said, oh, well, that's horrible, but we just couldn't get into it because three children and yeah. doctor things. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I said, we're going to be back in a week. Well, why don't we take her some flowers? Because no one wants to lose their dad. And it sounds like it was a surprise. So that's no good either. Anyway, just we took her flowers and uh, it was very sweet. My little boys sat there while they waited for her they, with their little bouquet. And she walked in and was caught off guard like, oh. Um, and so then we you know, had a discussion about it. And she, oh, you guys, now, it was now terrible. Now, to, to press pause real quick, uh, as, as I can assume, and because you told me before we started recording, you had a very particular conversation with your boys because oh, you knew goodness. that the, you knew that there would be a conversation that would occur with you and the doctor. Yes. I said, we're going to the doctor. I have to take all three of you to the doctor. So, and a, like an idiot, I forgot their books for them to just sit quietly and read some books while I talk about important things with the, with the pediatrician. So I had a full conversation. I said, okay, you guys, these, this is when mom really has to talk to the other adult. You've got to be so quiet and let me talk to the doctor. And oh, okay, all right. So we go through the whole entire checkup. And then I then she thanks me again for these flowers that we brought her. And she actually gets a little teary. Um, and I say, I'm so sorry again. Like, can you, can I ask how you lost him? Because you said it was an accident, like a like a surprise. That's awful. She said, yeah. So she's explaining to me how her wonderful father, this like, I don't know, like mountain man father was trying to pull uh, trees, big, huge fallen trees out of Lake Superior in back, in, back, uh, whatever that is, Midwest. Mm -hmm. And the winch broke and killed him. Oh my gosh. Very, very tragic. Very kind of I can't figure out if that's a great way to die or a horrible way to die. Right. Um, but yeah, so it's awful. And she's trying like kind of going like crossing that line, that professionalism line where she really is like, you know what? I take care of you guys and your family. Like that's my job. But a lot of times it it's or just recently it's like, oh, wow, I've got some families like you that are taking care of me and we're having this moment and it's like, Oh, we can't hug each other. Cause COVID-19 and it's like, Oh, and I've got my little six-year-old that keeps butting in. And he's like, mommy, mommy, I'm, I'm so bored. I'm so bored. Can we go home? <laughs> Mom? That's how I'd be. That's me. He's like explaining these like deep quotes that like hit her really hard. And the time that she traveled back, even in the midst of COVID-19 to like fly home, and the whole, the, all of it. And he's like, mom, 
can I have this thing that's in like some random like something random he's pulled out of my purse he's like can I have this can you unwrap this for me I'm like Shh, honey mommy I'm so bored I'm like oh <laughs> I felt terrible I felt so bad for her and besides that there was like important medical information she's trying to give to me and my just my little boy who just obviously forgot is and then I've got my 18 month old who's going over to the locked cabinet and she's like trying to open it but it's locked so she's like it's like <laughs> and she just tries over and over and over again to get oh I was like this is a dumpster fire of hot garbage right now <laughs> just anyway so that's that story such a sweet gesture though is there anything else that we should pick up on anything that's been going on with you that people need to know about or um goodness okay the the most recent kind of big thing is janae's sick again yeah. for people who don't know fill them in real quick um let's see 2016 and 2017 i was chronically ill with some mystery disease that kind of put me completely 100% out of commission for a while. Like laying in bed, laying on the couch, couldn't take care of my kids, couldn't figure out what was wrong. Maybe uh, black mold is what you it sort of resided on, but not necessarily, there, but maybe. The theory is black mold and uh, some weird cat bacteria. Hmm. We don't own a cat. I'm not around cats. I don't understand. But, um, but that was, it took me, I was very, very healthy doing uh, triathlons and half marathons and the whole bit. And kind of overnight, I got really sick and we couldn't figure out what was wrong. So that took a whole year to figure it out, diagnose it kind of, and then another full year to get healthy. Um, and then the moment I got healthy, we, uh, we got pregnant with our third child. So I kind of went back to feeling not so awesome. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but we had a healthy baby. And then I tried really hard uh, to get back into shape. And I started training for a half Ironman that was supposed to be in uh, April. And then COVID-19 hit, so they canceled it. So that was, that was a little bit of, of a sadness. Um, but ever since then, I've been feeling kind of off not, not so great. And, um, I got myself back into the doctor and it looks like I've got an autoimmune disease and low grade Epstein-Barr virus. That's keeping me from like actually feeling a hundred percent, but I, I couldn't really tell because I feel so much better than a few years ago when I couldn't get out of bed or take a shower. So it was hard for me to realize like, oh, I guess I I really am not feeling super good. Hmm. Anyway. Hmm. I was going to say yeah. EBV. EBV for sure. That's Epstein-Barr virus for people who don't know. Makes you real tired. Yeah. It's it's like having three kids. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, yeah. What oh, I get yeah. out of that whole thing is that you, you worked really hard got and trained really hard and then you get really sick. So that just keeps me from ever having to work really hard. <laughs> and then I will not get sick. I'll just get sick over time and kill myself on a long time. Yeah, sure. It's but the I, it's the long game, Andrew. It is the, the long, long game. game. You are That's definitely right. engaging in the long game of life. <laughs> yeah. I'll, listen, you, if you train, you get sick. Science yeah, would teach that, me that. That's then. what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I heard. What about what about for you, Andrew? Uh, I mentioned sort of in the queue up of this whole thing that you are hanging out in the office for people that are Patreon subscribers, they're able to get the joke, but maybe you describe it for those who are not. Oh, I've got a live, one of these zoom backgrounds. So, you know, the only fun we can have during this COVID-19 I'd be on, I'm on zoom call after zoom call or teams call after teams call. Cause that's what I do for a living is video conferencing. Mm -hmm. So the only fun I can have is by switching my background. So I've got the office going on right here. I can switch it to star Trek. I've got, I've got a, I've got one where I walk into the background of it. So this is this is my fun right now. Oh, look at that! Janae just switched to the Golden Gate. I, I found the app. I just found it, and uh, and now she I'm made herself have... disappear. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> She's yep. back. Technological savvy, savvy Janae. So, so let me ask you this, Andrew: Is it difficult to figure out because you are not the only one who finds himself living in? Uh, Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting. Is it difficult to figure out how to do the live background? No, it's pretty easy 
if your computer will handle it. So okay. I think that that's the biggest issue. If you have a, a crappy computer, or an old computer, it likely won't be able to do it without a green screen. Mm. But if you have an up-to-date computer, you know, pretty fast computer, it's pretty easy to do. You just need to be able to get the, the clips to download. And you, if you just Google Zoom live backgrounds, there's people have just made tons of them out there. That's where I got this one. Cool. And I'll, I'll leave them. a link to maybe a couple of those in the show notes here so people can check that out. Uh, with that topic, I'll tell you about what I have found myself recently doing. Uh, not only a bunch of Zoom meetings, but also, um, you know, just really being able to do a crap ton of interviews for the cultural hall. Like, I think we have probably 30 that are waiting to be published. But I know that at some point doing uh, the DJ uh, events, etc. By the way, bestdjinutah.com if you want to hire me. Uh, those things are going to open up and I'm going to have the opportunity to do that. So I'm sort of laying up in store all of the interviews for the cultural hall. Uh, but two points to that. One, I wanted to uh, to tell you about an experience that I had in, for people who don't know, I work for BYU. Wait, wait, you, are you saying you've got a year supply of interviews? Almost. Almost a year. You're literally. following, you're following the pro, that that message, the the Mormon culture message. Listen, I don't have supply. to be. I don't have to be commanded in all things. I know that that's what he wanted me to do was to have a year's supply of episodes as well. But 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 sorry. In a BYU meeting, and uh, I put up one of the fake backgrounds, and it's from outer space, and someone w- within the meeting asked me. Yes, I made a collab joke. I made a collab joke, and this is about how it went. Uh, Janae, ask me what about my backdrop. So, Richie, what's that backdrop you got there? Uh, well, I'm actually doing my doing uh, this meeting today from collab. Stop it! Just, just straight up, like, like. I think there were a couple people that were like. Did he just make a collab joke? A couple of people that were like, "I think he just made a collab joke," and then other, and then other, and then other people who were like, "I cannot believe he made a collab <laughs> joke." But not a single person, not one, was like collab joke. Well played. Well played. I would have. I would. I would have clapped. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Andrew. I think we need to just. Clap, retroactively clap for him now. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, Collab. Yes. Mm. Yes. Thank you. Well done. Excellent. Brother, good job. I, I, and I, before I tell you the other story, I want to make sure that I don't eclipse anything that you wanted to talk about, Andrew. Anything else going on for you? Oh, nothing else. I mean, Zoom call after Zoom call. Do you want to talk about those? No. Okay. I've been doing so, church on Zoom, everything on Zoom. So no, yeah, we're done. Uh, you are in Texas. Is there any plan because Texas is sort of, uh, you know, the maverick country? Any any sort of thought for you guys to be worshiping in building? No, I, I think the rumor around here is that the soonest we might be in building is July. Mm, okay. And that's not for sure, right? right? So nothing announced, but it'll be an interesting. I'm I'm curious as to. Who will be the the first within the cultural hall to go back and what that experience will be like? Certainly, you can contact us, contact at theculturalhall.com. If uh, if you've been back to church since the COVID pandemic, uh, you want to share your experience, love to have you uh, on an episode and be able to talk about that. Uh, you can also reach out to us on any of the social medias. We'd love to hear from you there. Uh, I want to talk about this just briefly, and I'd like your guys' feedback. Then we'll take a break. Then we'll come back and do articles of news. And this Articles of News has a third break. Uh, In the third break, we have Matthew Godfrey from the Joseph Smith Papers Project. If you guys listened to last week's Articles of News, he sort of breaks down Joseph Smith's patriarchal blessing. He'll be breaking down Emma Smith's patriarchal blessing and what we can learn from it. That's coming up in the third block. So let me ask you guys this. Would Would you, both of you are my friends on um on Facebook, both of you follow the cultural hall on Facebook. Would you characterize either myself or the cultural hall as an anti-Mormon entity? By no no means. Are there ever anything, is there ever anything that you go, oh, you know, I'm not really sure whether or not he's a member of the church or anything like that, or are you too skewed because you know me? I'm probably skewed because I know you, but I don't see anything that I would interpret that way. There, there's definitely things that are critical. Sure. But that's not the same thing. 
No. Critical and anti are not the same thing. And so for about 45 seconds here, I want to talk about this. Uh, I'll leave some details out of it, but uh, I had a good friend of mine who said, hey, you know what? We have mutual friends who have asked me recently if you're a member of the church or if you hate the church or if you're anti, I guess, is the word that he used. And I and I it, it caused me to stop so much because I was like, have I have I posted anything? Well, first of all, have I posted anything anti? But second of all, have I posted anything that would even indicate you know, that I, I don't care for the church or anything like that. And just rolling through my mind, you know, what, what, you know, those things that, that those individuals were thinking of or saw or whatever. And I've really come, I've really come to, to the mind of the following. And this is a great compliment, I think, to everyone who listens to the Cultural Hall, who follows us on any of the social media, and to the two of you, as well as many others. The Cultural Hall is is able to be a place where faithful members of the church and also non-members, obviously, but faithful members of the church can come and hear voices of other members of the church speak about the faith that they belong to, be able to speak truth to the whole experience, not just an enzyme experience or, you know, a a Molly Mormon or a Peter Priesthood sort of experience, but the whole of the experience— and be able to come away with critical thought. Now, sometimes that means that we're being critical of, oh, could we do this differently? Or other times it just means we're putting voice to a conversation that could be had. So at first I was a little put off and I was like, how, what, how dare they question me, first of all? They certainly don't know me, second of all. And then third of all, did I do something that, you know, that would get someone to think about that? But then I came around to the fourth thing, which was like, what a great community that is established here to be able to do that, to be able to discuss about all the hard things, to be able to say, you know, I don't really love this, but my faith is founded so much deeper than just a singular thing or just a couple of things that, that maybe I don't understand or are difficult for me. And so uh, it was interesting to sort of hear that, first of all, and then to come around to that point. So to everyone who listens to this, who participates in any of the online um, posting and, and any of the commenting that we have there, thank you. That's awesome because, and I'll wrap this out here, because I've, I've had the opportunity to be a part of other like church-adjacent groups online, and there will be simple dismissals, like if someone shares an article from the Salt Lake Tribune, for example, and we see this occasionally, but where if someone shares something from the Salt Lake Tribune, they'll be like, oh, the anti-Mormon newspaper? And I'm like, what? That No, it, it is a, a newspaper that presents certainly the news. Maybe it has a bias, but they can't, you know, they, they certainly, among others that we might share, are taking a critical look. They, they could and do not, they could not and do not get away with a blatant or intentional anti-Mormon thing. Like, I just don't, I feel like we're in a day and age now in the 21st century that because there's so much information available, I feel like the, the not availability, but the reality of anti-Mormon literature, and I'm using Mormon, obviously, it should be the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but for the sake of this, anti-Mormon literature, like that, that is, is, is pretty small actual mm-hmm. anti-Mormon anything. The rest is just let's take a critical look at and find your own testimony within information. But you have an interesting pers- um, situation as well, because regardless if I post it or Matt posts it or Janae posts it on Facebook, it's blamed to you. Sure. So, so, so if I want to go off on something, I always think about that. I'm like, okay, I could go off on this, but it's probably not going to come back as hard on me as it would on Richie because everyone thinks that everything that's posted on the culture hall comes directly from you. And that's not actually not true. There's a whole group of us behind yeah. it. Um, so, so I'm, that's a good place to be and also a tough place to be sometimes. So Sure. And it's interesting too, when every once in a while, and there was one this last week that I hopped online and I don't know who posted it. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. We will go ahead and take that down before more people see this. I don't think it was. That was probably me. Yeah. 
Uh, I won't even reference it, but I just was like, probably too soon, everyone. Probably too soon. And just to be clear, it was nothing to do um, with the the murder of George Floyd. I want to be very clear about that. It was just a, another posting that was far too soon to be shared, and and we run that risk. But even even that particular post, I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't deem to to be anti. I just deemed it to be sort of insensitive. For that exact reason, I have no problem if I post something and it gets pulled. Like if you because it it appears that it's you. Like if I post something and because you're like, okay, I don't want people to think that I post it. Yeah, I have no problem with that. Nice. What do you think, Janae, about all that? And then we'll take a break and go into actual articles of news. Oh, boy. I feel like uh, the, the mantle of responsibility with posting on Facebook is actually too great. I have almost never posted anything for the cultural hall myself, actually, because I feel like whatever the specific thing is, I don't know. I just get too nervous. Like um, I have there's too many people behind me as that are part of the cultural hall. And if it's something that they may not agree with, or I don't know, I get, I get nervous. And so for that reason, I really am not one that posts on Facebook um, on behalf of the cultural hall much, probably because I have actually been one of those. I mean, everybody knows here, I'm one of the definitely the more conservative um, voices in the cultural hall. I'm probably one of the only really co- uh, conservative voices here in the cultural hall. Um, or maybe I just feel like that sometimes. I don't know. Sure. Um, and so I have been in the position of like, Ooh, I don't love whoever just posted that specific thing because that reflects on me. Um, and some of it I think about for two minutes and it's like, meh, what, you know, whatever. That's just, that's the critical, um, viewpoint that is still important. And so, there we go. It doesn't reflect me, but it's it does reflect the cultural hall. It is uh, it's worth um, discussing or uh, putting out there. Mm-hmm. And then you know this, Richie, that there are just that are um, few and far between. But a couple of things that I've been like, oh, this is not at all something that I feel great about. And so I've brought those um, questions uh, to you as far as like, um, what are we doing can, here? Yeah, what what are we what are we doing here? I feel like I am. Not very often at all, but I'm probably one of those people that tries to like rein us in as far as like, okay, remember that we're supposed to be coming at all of these things from the faithful viewpoint, that like cultural hall is a faithful look at aspects of our culture and, uh, and the gospel, et cetera. And so I maybe I'm just one of the few people that holds a key, um, takes us to task or keeps us, um, what am I trying to say? What's the yeah? It's sort of gatekeeps on the conservative side, which I appreciate. And if you just listen to the cultural hall, or if you just observed us uh, on our our forward facing Facebook page, you would not know about all of these discussions that exist behind the scenes. Whether they be phone discussions, uh, discussions just you know on a Zoom or a Facebook Messenger or anything like that, or just comments among the group. Hey, what do we think about this? We think this is really funny. But is this appropriate? Does this send the right message? And and there are, are lots of times um, that it is able to be shared, talked about, and then we decide not to post them. And I and I uh, am thankful for all of the voices. All that to be said, um, I think that it is a unique thing that is created here within the cultural hall. And I love, love, love. Wait more, two more. Love, love. Uh, the fact that uh, the cultural hall, just like the cultural hall within our churches, is really the place that we can talk about all things. It's within the church, both literally and figuratively in this conversation, that we can have all of these discussions. So I hope other people that listen to that feel that same thing too. Appreciate it. Know that you know maybe we post something that you disagree with, but know that our heart is in the right place and certainly at least where we come from. With that, let's and speak up. Speak up. Yes, yes, a hundred percent. Speak up and yeah. Uh, let's have a more con- conservative conversation. I think that'd be great. Yep. And and perhaps, and I don't know if it would, but if there are other points of view, maybe liberal or other things that we, I mean, we each come from a unique, um, a unique background, a set of experiences, but. As far as diversity goes, much like the picture that's associated with this episode of Janae and her fellow track meet, I mean, we don't have a tremendous amount of diversity. So if we misstep, we misspeak. 
There's an opportunity for education. Don't be a jerk about it. That doesn't help you or us, but know that you can contact us. And it's always contact at the cultural hall. Taking a break and we'll come back and do actual articles of news. Hey, it's me, Richie T. I found myself with a little bit more time on my hands and maybe you're finding yourself in that same position. Well, allow me to introduce you to best podcast consultant in Utah. I don't have the domain. And, and really, I can do this wherever because I'm doing most of the classes virtually. But if you would like to reach out to me, uh, probably the simplest way is if you just do contact at theculturalhall.com or you can find me online, richietstedman.com. You can check that out. I would love to help you if you are already established in podcast or you're thinking, you know what? I've got this downtime. It's a passion project. I've always wanted to do it. You can reach out to me. You can do contact at theculturalhall.com or find me on any social media at richietstedman. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second block of uh, the Cultural Hall, we'll do articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. Before we go any further, Janae, I need to ask you. You are a Patreon subscriber uh, of the Cultural Hall. You're also a contributor, so I want to know, what was it that compelled you to be a Patreon subscriber? FOMO. <laughs> Honest, and I appreciate it. Uh, you had fun things, then I wanted to be a part of all the funny, the funny thing. Because you, I mean, it's not a surprise. You're a funny guy. Stop. And so I knew entertaining things that you would put up on there were definitely worth my monthly uh, donation. Also, on a more serious note, um, what you were saying before, where this is a safe space where we can all have discussions about um, about our culture and our, you know, all the things um, that we can't specific, like a lot of it, we can't specifically have those in our church buildings in the middle of gospel doctrine. It's just mm-hmm. not the time or thing. Um, I love that we have a space where that can happen and that it does come from a from a faith perspective, faithful perspective. And so I want to just help you keep that going, both by being part of the cultural hall here uh, with my voice and supplying uh, you with a little bit of money to work with. So before we go any further than on that, I need to uh, read some names from people. And if they're here, if they'd please stand until all of the names have been read. Our latest Patreon (laughs) saints, uh, Debbie Wanless, Carrie Farns, Rick McGee, our previous guest, Joanna Brooks, is also now a Patreon subscriber. Uh, Daniel Bloss and a future episode of the Cultural Hall, Maggie Slight. Uh, welcome, Patreon saints, to the Cultural Hall. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash the cultural hall. So uh, big news just the other day. Andrew, why don't you why don't you hit it there? So, uh, yeah, general conference. General conference is going to be virtual again. So. I actually really liked it. I think hopefully they'll let the act, the Relief Society do the flowers this time instead of the Elders Quorum. But <laughs> other than that, um, I think it went really well. <laughs> anyway, sorry, that's what it looked like. It looked like the Elders Quorum went to Smith's and uh, picked up a few flowers and stuff behind them yeah. as opposed to the Relief Society. Uh, but night the virtual day, format night worked day well. difference, right? It's just yeah, so funny. Yeah. So funny. We're used to these just beautiful arrangements and we had a few like, you know, things for, again, they went to Smith's, grabbed a few, stuck back there. Smith's, you know, they blew the world budget a few years ago. And so they're making up for that, right? No, no, what? Two, that's my theory, but I come, I'm part of the floral industry. And so I feel like I kind of sort of can read the writing on the wall. And they went way too overboard at one point. And so I'm thinking that they were told, ah, let's back it off both the time you guys spent and the money that was that was put out. Uh, an interesting but exciting thing, um, the conference center, uh, because they feel like this is the wave of the future, the conference center 
uh, up for sale. So if you're looking for some yeah. prime property uh, in downtown Salt Lake, uh, maybe I have a bid in. On yeah. It. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I I think it'll escalate from the seven dollar bid you put in. But yeah. I mean, if it doesn't, congratulations, and you know, um, I might be able to go up to ten. Whoa. Well, go ahead. We can put... go in on it. Yeah, we can pull our money. We can maybe make it to thirty dollars. I'll straight up do it. Uh, other things that are pretty exciting as far as that goes, um, for those who don't know, the Intermountain West certainly does. Uh, Deseret Industries, uh, the DI, it's going to be open for donations again, and in fact is now. Um, just like any thrift store, it's been sort of an interesting time for them to flex in and through. They don't, they didn't know how long different things will last on, uh, or the COVID uh, virus would last on certain items, and so. Um, as I understand it, here are the regulations uh, now that DI is open. Uh, donations will be by appointment only. Uh, they used to accept mattresses and box springs. They no longer do. I think it's sort of gross that they did anyway when you think about sleeping where someone else spends a third of their life. But that's just commentary on my behalf. Uh, DI is also planning on quarantining donations. And I thought this was the most interesting thing. Um, that means that once the the DI in your area is full, cannot take any more in because things have to be quarantined before they can be put out and then available for purchase, that will limit how much can be accepted. Um, also, donation drop-off, it'll open in the morning, and then once it's full for that particular day. So even if you have an appointment, if it's reached its capacity that day, it may they may uh, cancel their appointment and schedule for you for a different time. Uh, donors are asked to wait in their vehicle until it's their turn to donate, and donors are encouraged to wear masks. Similarly, as people will know, where much is given, much is available for purchase. So people that are looking forward to everyone who's getting rid of so much stuff that they went through, uh, the number of people in each DI will be limited to, to allow for proper social distancing, uh, all people that work there will be wearing masks and gloves. That's the staff. People who are shopping are encouraged to wear masks. All carts are going to be sanitized between customers. Um, the stores will be cleaned more frequently, which let's go ahead and make the obvious joke of, oh, so they're going to clean them. For people who have been to a <laughs> DI, sometimes they don't, they don't smell yeah. the sweetest. Uh, fitting rooms, restrooms, and drinking fountains are going to be closed. Uh, the sales floor is going to be re restocked only while the store is closed. So for those of you that make a sport out of the DI, it is getting in line and being there when it first opens because they're not going to put new stuff out on the floor. If you And this is a sport, and I'm not kidding. I know people who know the cycle of reshelving when the store was open and would be there. Well, we know, we know they reshelve men's wear Tuesdays at 2 and women's Thursday at 9 a.m. and would be in and about the place so they could get it first dibs. So Spent many years with my Uncle John. Yeah, really? Ogden, Ogden DI looking for tools because that's what he would do and, and old motors and things like that. Yep. And, he, and he would know the time. He knew exactly when it was and when to go. So it's exciting, though. It's just another return to, I'm air-quoting, normalcy. So that should be fun. Janae, what do you have? Um, well, we've got, um, you want me to do Russell M. Nelson's, President Nelson's uh, Instagram post? Yes, please. I would, yes, okay. I, I would like that. So amidst all the sadness and the scariness and the hate and anger, I'm assuming you guys, have you guys had a hard time being on social media you know, lately? Uh, I mean, yes and no. I mean, the hardest thing, if you listen to the episode that I, I uh, did with Joanna Brooks, where we talk about uh, like race, race relations and that, I, it is something that I myself am going to become better about talking about. I mean, both because of the job on the radio and with here, like I never want to speak irresponsibly. And unfortunately, uh, I think sometimes that either softens or quiets my voice when I would ordinarily be fairly outspoken, but I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to be misconstrued as saying something that I didn't mean uh, or labeled, you know, labeled if, if not a racist being insensitive. Uh, I don't think I have those tendencies, but I, I I'm insecure in my ability to talk about it. So that may be future episodes of the cultural hall, but it also may just be a thing that I engage in 
Short answer to your question, uh, I have found social media to be a hard thing to uh, engage in. Okay. I I definitely, Andrew, have you had a hard time? Because I really have felt like physically sick after a while. Yeah, I've had to um, unfollow some, I don't want to say, I don't unfollow them, but you can, you can pause certain people. And I've paused a lot of people recently just because they're either too far one way or the other. And I'm just, I don't want to have that kind of running through my, through me. So, yeah. Well, I think, I, I don't think I, any of us are alone in the, the difficulty that we've, that we've had with just reading and seeing and not knowing what to say, but if I don't say anything at all, am I just ignoring the problem and um, just all of the stress that goes along with it. So it's been really, really nice when um, there's some good, solid, uh, definitive, positive, anything that, that goes out. And so um, I'm going to actually, there's some, I'm going to actually read this entire thing and I'll be quick about it, but it is the statement that President Nelson gave uh, on Instagram is where I saw it. I don't know if it's other places. It's on um, his Facebook but, as well, and it's linked at theculturalhall.com. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, then if it's linked, then I'll just, maybe we'll just do the beginning of it. Um, but he, it's, it's wonderful. He says, we joined, this was on June 1st, June 1st. Um, he says, we join with many throughout this nation and around the world who are deeply saddened at recent events of racism and a blatant disregard for human life. We abhor the reality that some would deny others respect and the most basic of freedoms because of the color of his or her skin. We are also saddened when these assaults on human dignity lead to escalating violence and unrest. The creator of us calls on each of us to abandon attitudes of prejudice against any group of God's children. Any of us who has prejudice towards another race needs to repent. And he goes on from there. Um, But it was just kind of wonderful to hear some solid like he doesn't mince words. He right. actually goes pretty intensely, but it's, it was just so nice to hear from our leader. Maybe that, maybe that's just it. We, we crave um, direction and, and whatnot from our heavenly father. And so to get uh, a statement from president Nelson was nice, at least for me to feel like, yes, this it, it, it is an interesting thing, like, uh, as I've looked within the nation for a leader, um, one to sort of unite uh, um, among uh, among everything that's going on. I, I don't know that I have seen a particular leader uh, uniting no. the country, right, from from those that are protesting. Like there there isn't a, a, a protester's voice, an individual that's sort of risen to say this is why we're protesting. I mean, certainly you hear it and you get the gist of it. But it is interesting to me that there isn't a, a person or a couple of individuals that we as a nation look to. And similarly, on, on either the government or presidential side or anything like that. And this speaks to both sides. So anyone who thinks, oh, I know what he's saying, but he's not saying I, I don't I don't see. um on a state level here in the state of Utah, necessarily uh, on a national level, anyone that we're all able to look to and be like, that is a leader who understands how everyone is hurting right now, who wants to unite and to help create a better thing. There just isn't that that individual. Um, and, and and that's hard. The prophet made, made the post and I really enjoy it. But I know that that there are a lot of people that will discount him because He's a, a, you know, the prophet or even just a member of our church. And so it's interesting. I crave that leadership. Great to be able to have that. But on a bigger scale, you know, where do we the people look to? And I and I don't know that we have an individual that understands the gravity of it that everyone that everyone will listen to. There's no Martin Luther King figure that has arisen. Right. There's no no one in that case that stance there's there's a few small little pockets of people there's a rapper out of atlanta killer mike i guess isn't it if you ever see his um statement on it it's actually really balanced um but you have some of those kind of pockets but no one like rising up as the leader uh, on either side to kind of say hey here's where we need to go yeah. it's really just a lot of anger and i i don't want to comment on the anger because i'm i'm a white man from utah who probably grew up in a very privileged state based on that. So I don't want to comment too much on that, but uh, I really appreciate president 
Nelson's statement and how clear uh, it was and the words that he used like abhor and repent, which mm-hmm. I don't recall ever hearing those kinds of words in re- relation to race right. prior to this. Right, right. Definitely strong. Interesting. I, I mean, I think the three of us comment that it's very strong language. Others who have said not strong enough. And what took him so long to be able to comment? It's interesting to see people sort of be critical about that. Uh, faithful members of the church who said, yeah, that was on Monday. This took place the Wednesday before. Why did it take him you know, so long to be able to do that? Grateful for the message that he, that he shared, though, for sure. We only have a couple other uh, stories and only a couple minutes to do it. Let me throw out a few of these real quick. There is a woman. Her name is Laura. Laura Gaddy is her name. She uh, has amended her complaint against the church. She is suing the church. It's just an interesting story. This happens about every year. Uh, someone sues the church, feels like the church misrepresented um, themselves, and she'd and she'd like uh, she'd like some money because of that. She so paid. She paid money. What's that? Just give me some money. Well, she feels like, and she did. She paid tithing to the church. She feels like that the church misrepresented itself, and so it becomes. Um, it it becomes this discussion of well can the can the church prove an existence of it's the the age old you know faith and all this stuff anyway that you'll see that sort of filter around the internet we shared that and maybe maybe that's what people are saying when they say oh that's an anti voice i don't feel like it is it, it's something that people feel certainly exists it's out there in the world uh this is a real thing and if you want evidence of it uh, you can see the pictures, the link at theculturalhall.com. The number of temples without an Angel Moroni statue is about to double. Double. I'm telling you what, I'm pointing to the outfield like Babe Ruth of old. No more Moronis on the temple. They're going away, you think? I think they're gone. And I, I just, it will become a marker in time that will know when the temples were built, dedicated. Oh. Etc. I think so. To that point, I said a couple weeks ago in an articles of news uh, that when they took down the angel Moroni off the Salt Lake Temple, uh, the article that we we cited for that said that it, the angel would be back. I said at that time, I don't think that angel will be back. I don't think that's accurate. The more that I've thought about it, I think it's iconic for the Salt Lake Temple. But I think that um, you will continue to have the temples that will be built not have saint uh not have angel moroni's on them do you think it corresponds with the focus on using the the correct name of the church and the new symbol that was announced in april do you yes. think that there's a correspondence there? yes 100% because it because it doesn't match up it doesn't line up if you say we're not moroni's church here's a big golden statue that everyone in the world sees it just like i know that we've said that the that the focus on not mormon but church of jesus christ of latter day saints is not a rebranding it but from a branding, a visual stance where it isn't uh, you shall have a angel Moroni on your temple structural declaration in the Doctrine and Covenants or modern day revelation, you will see them gone. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Agreed. I I, I think it's a great move, actually. Yeah. Because then you know when the temple was built. That's pre-Nelson. Yeah. That's a PN temple. <laughs> uh, what else do you have, Janae? Um, I've just got the, another speaking of social media, another, um, kind of resurgence of, a of a Instagram post, a video that was from March, 2017, um, that has gotten, a, you know, made the rounds again, um, in a big way with everything. Um, so if you haven't seen this, I would definitely encourage people to go on either church of Jesus Christ, um, their Instagram or their Facebook page or um, all the places where the The culture hall Facebook page also has. Yeah. Lead them to the cultural hall, Janae. Andrew, Andrew, he told you specifically were the one that posted this right on our face on the cultural hall.com. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Um, And it's just a beautiful video that starts out with this um, photo of the galaxy or scene of the, of outer space. And it talks about how, um, in the beginning, God made heaven and earth, light and dark, man and woman, and that we don't have to be different, um, sound, or that we look different, we sound different, we act different, and we don't have to be the same to be one. And the caption under it is to embrace the and. Mm-hmm. So, 
and earth, light and dark, black and white is what they are kind of getting uh, getting at that. And I just personally really, really love that because there's been such a push of like, no, we're all the same and we should be all the same and we should all have the same um, talents and strengths and and thoughts. And that's just inaccurate because we're specifically, uh, our creator has made us very different and we're supposed to be different. How boring if everybody was just the same and had the same ideas and the same viewpoints and perspectives and, and everything. And so the whole point of this particular post that really has gone how they say viral uh, <laughs> is that uh, we really should be um, maybe thinking about embracing that and right there. I, yeah, I really love that sentiment for sure. And uh, people can find that uh, on all of the cultural hall social medias. Also a link at the cultural hall.com. And as Janae mentioned, the church, I guess has social media accounts. You can check that out there or something. I'm not sure. A uh, couple just quick stories as we end. Um, one any idea how many missionaries were sent home because of COVID? Oh, gosh. Thousands. 20,000? 30,000 missionaries. I hadn't seen a number until I saw this, uh, of all places, the Tuscaloosa News, and there's a link to it at theculturalhall.com, uh, reporting just over 30,000 missionaries that were sent home. Now, some of those have gone back out. Some of those decided, yeah, that's enough. Uh, and others still haven't decided. But 30,000 missionaries that were brought home because of COVID. Uh, those that are able to stay out there. There's certainly been some great um, kind of feature type stories online about music and ways that they're able to contact via social media and all these things. So uh, wherever one door closes, they say, wait for it, another door opens. Uh, this I thought was interesting. Uh, the LDS Church is combining its online news services. So if you go to newsroom.churchofjesuschrist.org, you will now see a consolidation of uh, messages from Church News and Events and the official newsroom. So it's a, a all conglomerate. So the Church News, which is run by Deseret News, which would do information about the church, that's also available on that website, and they're all together. So a one Yeah, I don't have to go to two places anymore. Exactly. And I don't know what took them so long. <laughs> I don't know. And then finally this, uh, and this is a teaser for... Uh, an upcoming episode of the Cultural Hall. You're going to see a lot about this uh, in the Cultural Hall. So I'm going to preempt people saying, you know who you should get on the show. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about this story and then let you know that he will be on the show. Uh, our July 3rd episode, uh, the one right before Independence Day. Was that intentional? You bet. Uh, we're going to be talking with Josh Holt. If that name doesn't sound familiar to you, he is uh, circulated a lot in the news right now. He's a man who uh, went down to Venezuela, uh, went down to to be with his wife, uh, and ended up being stuck in Venezuela, imprisoned for almost two years. Um, they the government thought that uh, he was doing something. He's like, no, I'm not doing that, and and it didn't much matter. He was held captive for two years. So will we get the the harrowing story of Josh Holt in the future? If um, you would like to hear the story. There's a great podcast. That's why it's getting news and press right now uh, that the folks over at KSL are doing. I think it's called Out of Darkness or Hope of Darkness or Darkness of Out of Hope, Out of the Darkness of Hope. Um, from now, now more than ever in a world where superheroes hope. don't wear capes. Dark hope of the, I don't know. Of I, Ness. Yeah. It's, of uh, Ness. Dark uh, hope of Ness. Listen, there will be a link for it at theculturalhall.com, and then you can be able to check it out. A great story, and I'm thankful for him being a future episode of The Cultural Hall. You want to get that before it publishes? Become a Patreon subscriber, patreon.com slash theculturalhall. Uh, in the third block, we visit with Matthew Godfrey again from the Joseph Smith Papers Project, talking about Emma Smith's patriarchal blessing. Andrew, Janae Manite, be safe, wash your hands. You got some work to do at the office. Janae, your internet still sucks pretty bad. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Hey, this is Dan, the Laptop Man from PC Laptops. I know we're going through a lot right now. Many states are quarantining people to their homes so that they have to work remotely. One of the things that's really important is to have a computer that's functioning correctly. One with a good webcam, one that's fast so you can be productive, one that has a good quality screen 
because you're going to be on this all day remotely. Computer supply has been strained because manufacturing has almost stopped. At PC Laptops, we've secured a limited quantity of laptop and desktop computers that are backed with a lifetime service guarantee. They're available for you right now in limited quantity. The great thing about PC Laptops is this. Once you buy your new computer, if you have any problems or questions, we're here to take care of you. Also, to make it really easy right now, we've arranged with some banks to offer 12-month special financing. Get into PC Laptops right now, because at PC Laptops, we're here for you, and we're in this together. PCLaptops.com. Here in the third block, uh, he's back. You guys loved it so much when we talked about Joseph Smith and his patriarchal blessing last week. I asked him at the end of that if he would come back. The feedback is unanimous. We love it. Let's dive right into Emma and her patriarchal blessing. Thanks for being here, Matthew. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. So you talked about that it was sort of, in, and if you haven't listened to it, uh, you need to go back in last week's Articles of News episode when Matthew breaks down uh, those things that we can glean from Joseph Smith's patriarchal blessing. It's available via the Joseph Smith papers. You can also find a link to it at theculturalhall.com. You said that, that these were given as like husband and wife sort of one blessing, but is it in fact sort of two blessings or is it just, and now I turn to Emma and then those following thoughts are towards her? Yeah. So the blessings are recorded as though they were kind of one blessing. You know, you, you have Joseph Smith's blessing laid out then you have Emma's blessing that comes in and then they're separated from, you know, Joseph's next sibling. But I mean, it's very clear that these are two blessings that mm-hmm. uh, first Joseph Smith senior is blessing Joseph Smith junior. And then when he finishes that blessing, he then turns to Emma and he blesses her as well. So they're kind of seen as one blessing, but they're clearly two, two different blessings. So then what can we learn uh, about Emma from the blessing from her let me make sure I get this right. It would be her father-in-law, Joseph Smith Sr. Yeah, th- this blessing is wonderful. Uh, I love reading this. Um, I think there, there's a lot you can learn from Emma in this blessing. Um, I talked last time about how Joseph Smith's patriarchal blessing was kind of a mixture of, you know, kind of prophecies, very personal things um, in his life. And you see the, the same thing with Emma's blessing as well. Um, there's a couple of elements in this blessing that, that I think show that when Joseph Smith Sr. gave this blessing, um, he realized that there were certain uh, things that Emma was concerned about in her life, because there's two very specific things that he addresses here. The first thing that he talks about is how Emma is concerned because none of her family have accepted Joseph Smith as a prophet mm-hmm. um, or have accepted the restoration. Uh, her father, of course, uh, was supportive enough of Joseph and Emma that when they come to Harmony uh, to work on the Book of Mormon translation, um, he's willing to offer them uh, some property, uh, to sell them some property so, so that they have a home to live. But he never accepts Joseph Smith as a prophet. He thinks he's kind of making up the Book of Mormon stuff. He's not happy that Joseph Smith won't show him the gold plates. Um, and he's just... And, yeah, and, and, and worth stating, he never joins the church, neither he nor his wife. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. They never join the church. Um, and he's fairly antagonistic towards Joseph Smith uh, through much of his life. And so this blessing kind of touches on that and talks about how Emma has, you know, thought about or, or grieved for the hardness of her family's heart. Um, but then it goes in to say that um, if she continues faithful, that there will be parts of her family who will join the church that will accept the gospel. And we see that happen later uh, in Emma's life. Um she has a nephew, Lorenzo Wasson, uh, who comes to Nauvoo uh, when they're living there. He stays with Joseph and Emma. He joins the church, uh, is a diligent member of the church. And there's others in Emma's family who join as well. And so this aspect of the blessing, you know, given in 1834, many years before this happens, shows that Emma's concerned about kind of the spiritual welfare of her family, um, but that the Lord will bless her in, in these things. I think the other major part of this that really touches on uh, an aspect of Emma's life that is something that I think many people still struggle with 
Uh, Joseph and Emma suffered quite a bit uh, early on in their marriage with the deaths of children uh, Mm -hmm. who were born to them. In fact, uh, Emma's first two pregnancies, uh, she gives birth to three children because in one of the pregnancies, she's pregnant with twins. All three of these children die uh, within hours after birth. Um, They then adopt uh, Julia and Joseph Murdoch. And Joseph Murdoch, of course, dies when he's 11 months old um, after Joseph Smith is tarred and feathered in Hiram, Ohio. And so Emma, by 1834, she's seen four um, of her children die as infants. And this is something that she struggled with. And interestingly enough, just from what the blessing talks about, it seems like Emma was almost blaming herself for this. Hmm. Like, you know, why can't I have children that survive? Is there something wrong with me? Um, am I not strong enough to, to carry these, these children to create healthy babies? And so in the blessing, uh, Joseph Smith Sr. says to her, thou hast seen much sorrow because the Lord has taken from thee three of thy children. In this, thou art not to be blamed, for he knows thy pure desires to raise up a family. Hmm. And then the blessing promises her that she will see other children who will grow into adulthood, which of course she does. Uh, She and Joseph do have uh, several children uh, who do live uh, into adulthood. And so again, this is an aspect of the blessing that's very personal to Emma herself. Um, struggles that she has in her personal life where the Lord is telling her through Joseph Smith Sr., it's okay, things, things are going to be okay, I'm aware of what you're going through, and we'll get through this. Uh, so I think that's, that's another great aspect of this blessing. So what does that mean to you, personally? Uh, it actually means quite a lot to me. I mean, I, I've been fortunate enough, I have four children, they've all been healthy, I haven't ever had to, to face that. But I think one thing that it shows to me is that Joseph and Emma were very much people who struggled with the same problems that a lot of people struggle with. Um, And I just think about, you know, kind of the the strength that Emma had to have. Um, But at the same time, you know, I've been through some trials in my life that make me pretty sad. Um, And I think the Lord's telling her here, it's okay you know, to be upset uh, about this. It's even okay to, to be upset with me about this. But if we press forward together, if you can find faith uh, enough to continue to rely on me, we'll get through it. And that helps me with, you know, the own trials that I face in, in my life. One of the things that I love about the Joseph Smith Papers Project is that it makes these documents available that people can go and be able to see them. Like I said, link associated with this episode of the culturehall.com, or you can just go to the Joseph Smith papers and find it that way. Um, but one of the things that I feel, and we sort of touched on this uh, when we had you on last week, I feel like we could as members of the church benefit about discussions around these things, right? Like for a long time, they weren't available and it was like, Oh, we, we, we don't talk about that or we can't talk about it because we don't, we don't have, a good resource to be able to cite, right? Anything that may sound different to it, we go, oh, that's anti or that's something, whatever, right? Now we've got um, these these church-endorsed uh, resources and they're great and we can be able to study them. But when when are we going to get the the Joseph Smith Papers discussion group where we can talk about, like we mentioned last week, we talked about, you know, Joseph Smith Sr. dealing with some troubles with alcohol and, and the Emma discussion about, you know, miscarriage or stillbirth and, or being able to have all these discussions. These are things that people deal with today that these people we have such reverence for dealt with 200 years ago, but we don't, we don't link ourselves to them. Yeah. I, I, you know, with the Joseph Smith papers, um, we often say that our primary audience is a scholarly audience. We want to get these papers out so that scholars will use them in their research. But we realize that we have a very strong secondary audience of just general church members. Um, and we're very hopeful that the things that we produce, the insights that we gain uh, will be used, um, that people will talk about these things, that people will be able to relate better to early church members as they see some of the struggles that they went through. 
Um, so that's one hope that I have for the Joseph Smith papers myself is that, you know, average church members will look at these things and be able to delve deeply into the lives of some of these people and they'll gain strength from it and be able to, to deal with their own struggles uh, through seeing how these people dealt with these things. Yeah, separated by time, I think, as part of that reverence, we look back and we go, man, they were able to go through some really, you know, difficult things or terrible things or, you know, all of that. And if we can build a bridge to connect us to those early church ancestors, we can go, yeah, no, we're like them. We can do hard things when we are faced with, whether it be things with doctrine or uh, physical asks that we're, that we're required to, to endure or to undertake, that we can do them just like those that have gone before us. Yeah. I once was asked to give a lesson on uh, Saints Volume 1 mm-hmm. um, in my ward. And as I was preparing that and kind of rereading some things in Saints and reading about some of the struggles that people had, it just kind of came to me. I don't know if it was inspiration or what, but just the thought that, you know, just like those saints in the past had lived and we're gaining strength from them today. So too, those of us living today, the way that we approach things, the way that we deal with struggles and problems in our lives will be a blessing to our descendants that follow, that they'll hopefully be able to look back to us and say, boy, you know, they they lived in some tough times, uh, but they were able to get through it. And so I can get through things uh, that are happening to me today as well. Uh, Matthew, I'm going to commit you while I have you to the future, doing a whole episode where we can talk about the Joseph Smith Papers Project, and I've got it recording, so I just want to know that you'll commit to doing that sometime in the future. Will you? You bet. I would love to. All right. We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if uh, you are sick or afflicted, that you may be able to join us again next week. And then when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. Don't forget all the links that we talked about in this conversation with Matthew, available at theculturalhall.com. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of that very same cultural hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat on the back row.